As far as aliens returning, you never know, says Joanne Smithy, vice president and chairperson of the annual Kelly Little Green Wednesday Mendes Festival. Some people say they are already among us, while others say they don't, don't exist, period. Now, statements, statements such as these is precisely why we need to discuss the supposed Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. The story of what happened that, that night in 1955 remains hotly ba- debated to this day, but do me a favor and try to keep an open mind as you hear the, the, uh, the story at least one more time of what the two families claimed to have witnessed on that night. Now, on the evening of Sunday, August 21st, 1955, Elmer Lucky Sutton, a young man in his early 20s, was visiting his mom, Lenny Langford, and three younger siblings at the farmhouse he'd grown up in, eight miles north of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. On break from his job with the traveling carnival, Lucky had his wife, Vera, and their friends Billy Ray and June Taylor with him for the weekend. His his brother, J.C., and sister-in-law, Aline, plus a family friend, O.P., were also there that night. Following a hearty supper prepared by Miss Glenny, the now a party of 11 had settled in for a card game to start winding down for the night when Billy Ray made an outlandish claim as he hustled inside. Walking back into the house from, from a trip to the well to refill his water glass, he blurted out what, that he had just seen a round, metallic object with rainbow-colored streaks trailing behind, behind it, moving through the sky above the farm. Now, his companions took it as a prank at first, writing it off as uh, just another one of the many tricks that Billy Ray and Lucky liked to play on each other. Uh, but Billy, Billy Ray never seemed, or Billy Ray seemed genuinely bothered by whatever he'd seen, despite the other's insistence that it was probably a meteor or just a, a shooting star or something like that. When he asked his wife, June, for reassurance that she believed him, the absurdity of it all sent her and the others into, into fits of laughter. Now, unwilling to let it go, Billy Ray got Lucky to to walk out to the well with him so he could could point out exactly where the object had gone across the sky. Lucky didn't know what to make of his friend's story, but it was clear that something had happened to him. They were headed back to to resume their game when something stopped them in their tracks. They claimed to, to witness a glowing object approaching from the woods behind the house. As it got, as it got closer, they realized it was a short, human-like creature with large eyes, two legs that seemed to float rather, rather than walk, and two arms raised, as if in surrender. Lucky yelled an, an expl- expletive at this time, and the two me- uh, men ran back inside, slamming the door behind them. Around the same time, a neighbor, about a quarter mile north of the residence, noticed lights in the woods behind the Sutton farm and figured the family was searching for one of their pigs that had gotten out. Later, when he would hear gunshots, the same neighbor neighbor, uh, imagined they were dealing with a, a bobcat preying on their livestock. Something like that, you know, that just happens on everyday farm life. Glennie didn't understand. Now, Glennie is the matriarch of the, this whole situation. She's the oldest one there. 
She didn't understand what the commotion was all about. She lived on the property for decades, and never, not a single time, had she experienced anything even remotely strange. But didn't, didn't want Lucky's talk of otherworldly goblins upsetting his younger siblings. So she hastily sent the, the youngsters to bed. The next thing she knew, the guys were standing guard at every door in the house. Lucky at the front with a 12-gauge, with Billy Ray at the back with the 22. The matriarch couldn't believe how they were willing to go, to, uh, how far they were willing to go to play a prank. I'm not going to be scared in my own house, she thought. Surely easier said than done. Yet, once Lucky's mind was set on something, there simply wasn't any convincing him otherwise. His, his mother knew this, so she tried, uh, she tried getting answers from his friend instead. Maybe, maybe the two young men were playing a joke on their, on their wives. She sidled up to Billy Ray at the back door. Just what, ex- what exactly was this game all about? She wanted to know, and she wanted to know. Uh, she wanted an answer now. Miss Glennie, I hope you don't have to find out, he replied, a, br- a bleak, serious expression on his face. Or, Miss Glennie, I hope you don't have, have to find out. This was his reply, with a bleak, serious expression on his face. They were sitting there silently, waiting for everyone else, or waiting while everyone else, except Lucky and the children, talked in the living room when a figure about, when a figure about three feet tall appeared in the doorway out of the darkness. Glenny screamed, and everyone came running. Billy Ray shot at the, at the would-be intruder, piercing a hole in the screen door. Then, by curiosity, he raced to the door and stepped onto the porch. As he did so, he says a clawed-like hand reached down from the roof, raising his hair. Not knowing the creature's intent, Aline grabbed a Billy Ray and yanked him back inside the house. If Aline had originally thought this was just another prank, I'd say it's pretty safe to assume... It's pretty safe to assume her original stance on the situation at hand was now very much in doubt. Lucky stepped inside, aiming his gun at the roof and opened fire. The creature he shot, uh, he shot at r- rolled off the roof and disappeared into the woods, apparently uninjured. Yet he could have sworn he saw his gun shoot this creature. In the living room, a pair of glowing eyes and a set of talons appeared at the window. JC shot at, at, at it this time, through the glass with a 20-gauge shotgun. Close behind, Billy Ray followed, followed up with a bullet of his own. This struck the creature, resulting in a backflip before it took off running, again. Now, Glenny, a religious woman who who just been to church earlier that day, started praying. For all she knew, the glowing eyes, uh, the glowing eyed creatures on, on her lawn could have been, had been sent from the devil himself. Um, man, that sounds so serious. The uh, the, the gunfire had had stirred her youngest kids from sleep. Now they looked to her for answers. The good Lord will watch over us and protect us, she said, probably just as much to reassure herself as her children. Lucky urged the women the women to take the children into the back room and hide. Everyone but Glennie obeyed. She could hardly believe what she had seen earlier, so she needed a second look, just to be sure. 
Lucky and Billy, uh, Billy Ray now surveyed, uh, surveyed the front yard while J.C., Opie, and Glenny waited inside. J.C. at the ready with a cocked gun. Someone yelled to look up at the maple tree. This time, everyone could clearly see one of the little men perched on a, bra- on a branch above them. Now, an important side note here is this is the first time during this entire encounter where everyone, all 11 people in this party, claim to have witnessed the same thing at the same time. Um, so, the, naturally, they shot it, uh, shot at, at it. <laughs> they shot at it. Man, got some serious mush mouth today. Um, but, yeah, let me just start the sentence over. Uh, you know... They they shot at it, but instead of falling, the being appeared to just float off. Uh, those were their words, not mine. Um, the noise they heard when, when they fired at, at another one well, coming around the corner sounded like bullets hitting metal. Once again, this little green man floated away, completely unscathed. Real, realizing the gunfire was useless, the men then retreated. Back in the house, the group tried to, re- to collect their, their thoughts amidst racing questions. What are these things? Were they goblins? Aliens? Even demons? Did their raised arms indicate innocent intent? Or was this malice? If they didn't mean any harm to, to the home's occupants, why did they keep coming back after being shot? Bullets may not, not have scared the intru- intruders off, but someone, uh, someone pointed out that the bright lights seemed to hurt their, hurt their large, yellow pupil, pupiled eyes. Whenever a light came on, the beings would back away. They turned on every light in the house and waited. Outside, it was eerily silent. One of the children even began to cry. Lucky was trying to, to think of what to do next when they, when they heard, it, heard scratching again coming from the roof. He darted outside, pointing his gun at the top of of the house and fired at at the creature. The being floated down and scrambled out of sight beyond the trees, seemingly unharmed like the others. After multiple hours, several discharges of ammunition were exhausted. It was clearly, uh, or it was becoming abundantly clear that these goblins couldn't be deterred. At least, not by any means of an ordinary farm family had at their disposal. It was their time to get out of there. Finally, when the coast appeared to be clear, the party of eleven made made a break for the trucks, piling piling in each one as fast as they could. The sergeant working at the front desk at the Hopkinsville police station didn't know what to what to say to the eleven people who had come in before midnight. One of, one of them said that they, that they had been fighting little silver men for hours. Remember now, this is 1955 Kentucky, so the officer may not have believed that, but it was obvious that something had, had frightened all of them. Why else would, would they have children out so late? The officer then phoned Chief Russell Greenwell, who in, in turn radioed Kentucky State Police, the Christian County Sheriff's Office, and Fort Cam- uh, Campbell Army Base, which dispatched its own police personnel. The local paper got, got wind of it 
and immediately sent a, a staff photographer. Within an hour, at least a half dozen law enforcement and, and media uh, members had converged on the Sutton farm, accompanied by the returning family. Authorities searched the property with flashlights, but found no sign of these quote-unquote little men, only holes in the window screen, screens and plenty of shotgun casings. One officer uh, reported seeing something glowing in the woods, but a search returned nothing. The ground beneath where Lucky had shot one of the alleged beings appeared to have been stained with something that gave off an iridescent scent, or a sheen, when viewed from an angle. Now, uh, uh, officers questioned, uh, questioned the family members separately, but all they got was the same consistent description of the night's events. Eleven people, eleven explanations of nearly identical explanations of what happened or what they witnessed. After, so after hours of fruitless investigation, the police left. Upon the group's return to the residence slash battlefield, if you will, um, they, they, they were met with nothing more than peace and quiet. That is, until 3.30 in the morning. After a very much needed nap that never entered deep sleep, Glenny awoke to the sight of one of, the, one of these little men on the other side of her bedroom window. She called out to Lucky, who was uh, dozing on the couch in the living room. He and Billy Ray spent the next couple of hours watching guard with their guns. The creatures left just before daybreak, they say. The last the family would ever see them. The last they would ever see them after multiple rounds of gun, gunshots were fired. Also, I, I, I don't think that was just as much in this article as, it, as I've seen in other reports. But anyway, they, they weren't shooting at just nothing. Um, now, we're going to fast forward here to 14 years. So on a Sunday afternoon, uh, about, like, like I said, about four, 14 years later, Geraldine Sutton, uh, eight who was watching TV with her brother and sister when a man and a woman knocked on the front door. Geraldine answered. The couple, who looked like they had just come from, from church, wanted to know if her parents were home. Once Lucky, who had emerged from a back room to speak with the couple, realized what they wanted, he figured it was time to let his kids in on the event that had haunted him ever since that infamous night. Man, 14 years is a long time by itself let alone 14 years without answers to life altering uh, to a life-altering event. The guests were, were writing a, a, a book about UFO sightings, he explained, and wanted to contribute his own experience. This was the first time they'd ever heard of their father's first-hand account of the possible extraterrestrial encounter. Now, side note here, um, the fact that this man stuck with his story, uh, Lucky Sutton, um, stuck with his story for well over a decade, especially during a time where people were par uh, so particularly close-minded close and judgmental on the subject, is, uh, th that's at least a small indication that they, were, th that they went through that night, uh, that what they went through that night actually did happen. Um, at least they saw something, you know, it wasn't just nothing. Uh, so, like, you know, would you be, would, like, think about it? In this way, like, would you be willing to risk your entire reputation for just a silly prank for all after all these years, even? No, of course not. 
Uh, these people certainly didn't make any money from this incident, and despite a number of skeptics who say otherwise, there was no evidence of any alcohol drank that night. There was no moonshine on the property during uh, or after the attack. Um, nothing was even reported by the uh, police station because, you know, of course they would want, they would look for that as a, you know, as an excuse as to what happened, wanting to, to not scare the rest of the community. Um, perhaps most important, uh, uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up here uh, before we move on uh, is perhaps the most important um, is the diversity in age among the group. These 11 witnesses were comprised of people from all ages. While the oldest of the group was in her 50s, their party was cons uh, consisted of mostly of adults in their 40s, 30s, and 20s, along with the number of children below the age of 12. Um, so, yeah, that's just, like, a lot of people uh, from separate families, might I, might I say, just, like, at the same uh, group that was going on. That's just, like, a lot to... A lot of lives to just be made up based off of lies, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, anyway, I, I'm sure you, any of you guys listening still uh, are picking up what I'm putting down um, as far as just the credibility of all those witnesses. Uh, so anyway, uh, here's a quote from Geraldine. Um, she says, My daddy didn't know, uh, didn't like how people treated him once the story got out, says Geraldine, who, knows, who now goes by her married name, Stith. Uh, she go, goes on to say, People made fun of him. It was traumatizing. Still to this day, the, wi the witnesses who are alive are uh, are afraid to talk. Or still to this day, the witnesses who are alive are afraid to talk. Huh. That's interesting. Um, anyway, but uh, moving on. In the days that followed the 1955 incident, dozens of UFO fanatics converged on the small farm hoping to get a peek at, at any possible evidence left behind by the so-called uh, men from outer space. They, they were so many reporters and, and looky-loos coming by and walking around the property, taking, uh, taking things and calling them quote-unquote souvenirs, says Smithy, chairperson of the festival dedicated to all things little green men. The family got, si got sick of being harassed and called liars. They left... The, the town within 10 days. Still, uh, uh, Stith's grandmother, Glenny, a widow now in her early 50s, who had al uh, always lived in the country, or she was in her early 50s, uh, had always lived in the country, yet she was so shaken up by the encounter that she sold the farmhouse and moved to an, an apartment in town. She felt safer uh, around other people. Whatever, whatever happened that night affected her uncle, J.C., too. He couldn't hold down a job anymore. It psychologically messed with him, says Dith. Theories, uh, now, th theories about the Sutton's claims. During subsequent investigations, the, the family members were questioned separately, each describing the events and creatures' physical appearance, three to four feet tall with muscular upper bodies and atrophied legs, large glowing eyes, and pointy ears in a consistent manner. Different artists re rendered ske similar sketches based on their individual descriptions. Now, from here's uh, someone, one that, I, that seems like a bit of a skeptic here, uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, 
an astronomer and UFO researcher highly regarded for his work with the U.S. Air Force, called the Kelly Hopkinsville case, quote-unquote, preposterous and offensive to the common sense. Uh, according to 2008's A World of UFOs by, by Chris, or 2008's A World of UFOs by Chris A. Rutkowski, Skeptic says, said this is hysterical, by the way, that these little, uh, these little men were actually monkeys Billy Ray and, and Lucky had brought back from the carnival. Um, while others thought the family ha- had mistaken great horned owls for aliens. Okay, I mean, like, I understand kind of about, like, the, you know, the, the great horned owl theory, because they do look kind of creepy, and they're pretty big and stuff, but come on. There they, they were monkeys brought back from the carnival? Come on. That's, that, that, that's a bit of a, that's a bit ridiculous of a claim, if you ask me. Um, and if you ask a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, now, like I said before, Kentucky Moonshine was seen as the culprit, or a possible culprit of a possible group hallucination. Yet, again, like I said, authorities conducting the search of the land found absolutely none on the premises that night. Uh, here's uh, uh, from Smithy again. Uh, we all laugh at, at we all laugh at that because she didn't allow alcohol or even cursing on her property. They were a very quiet, trustworthy family. During the summer of 1969, after the UFO writers came calling, Lucky brought Geraldine and her siblings back to his childhood home to show, show them where one of his uh, life's most pivotal moments had taken place. Long since abandoned, the property still, uh, still held the well, pl- uh, the well, plus a strange circular impression in the ground where Lucky uh, thought the spacecraft must have just landed. And that is the story of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. I'm just going to leave you guys to uh, your own devices. What do you, what do you think? You know, um, that's an interesting tale, to say the least. You know, even if that's not sure, uh, true or if they did make it up. But uh, again, that is so many people to be in on a hoax like that from so many walks of life or like so many different ages and whatnot. Um, and still, like I said, to this day, People still look to this as one of the possibly more credible happenings or, yeah, we'll just call it that, uh, to ever have happened in the United States to give credibility to the possibility of life on other planets. Or how about that goblin theory, too, right? That some people thought of, of them as like sounding like goblins. Maybe it was the point of years. But maybe... That's just a whole other thing to worry about. Because, I mean, aliens, I think about that, like, quite often. But, like, I mean, I don't really worry about goblins nearly as much. Um, So, anyway, but, yeah, it's always nice to have an extra thing to be afraid of. So, man, if only we had a way to do a pool. But we don't. But, you know, uh, how many of you out there think that if if this was truly something that wasn't a gray horn owl or escaped monkeys then was it more likely to be aliens or goblins? 